If the Bible's got you tied in knots, if you're burdened with religious thoughts, come grab a drink and join the choir. It's Heretic Happy Hour. Well, hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to the Heretic Happy Hour. This is the podcast where we deal with burning questions, not people. Uh, I am one of three of your hosts. I am Keith Giles and uh, the author of uh, Jesus Untangled, Crucifying Our Politics to Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb. And I am joined by my fellow heretics, Matt and Jamal. Introduce yourselves, guys. This is Jamal. It's really good to be with you. We have an uh, epic, monumental, historic podcast in, in store for you guys today. Yeah, and this is Matthew DiStefano, and I'm very happy to be here, and I'm really looking forward to getting into this topic we have today. What is it? What does it mean to be a Christian? Um, that's what we're going to talk about. I think we're going to hopefully put forth some different ideas. Um, maybe we won't agree, maybe we won't land on what that exactly is, but as we said in the last episode, total agreement is bullshit, and we don't need to have it, so it's okay to disagree. Wow, that that didn't take long. <laughs> I'm a, I'm in a giving mood today, folks. You're a giver. Well, I am a giver. I am well, a giver. and also, also, I don't know uh, if you guys know what time it is, but uh, it is time for the heretic of the week. It's the heretic of the week. Well, let's get right into it then. Our heretic of the week is we're gonna uh, we're gonna move it forward a little bit. None other than Rob Bell. Heresy, where's um, the heresy button? Yeah. Oh, yes. Heresy. Uh, yeah, get that heresy button. Just the name, just the mention of Rob Bell deserves heresy accusations. That's it. I remember making a meme where it's, you know, that that uh that scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where uh Jack Sparrow's yes. running from everyone. Yeah. It says, All I said was Rob Bell. It's pretty good. <laughs> and again. That's yeah. all you gotta say. So uh, Rob Bell, I mean, what we all probably know the story. Uh, Rob Bell started Mars Hill Church, had these NUMA videos. They were great. I, I mean, my my church, I grew up in a, a Christian Missionary Alliance church, and we watched them. Um, it was very, you know, it was like the pastor was cool without trying to be cool. Like it was, uh, you know, he's walking towards you, and it's artsy instead of, you know, most Christian art is kitsch, it's, but this was kind of cool, and he was in like an alley. Anyway, then... He had the so he's got these videos, and we all love him. And and then he he someone makes a mention about Gandhi being in hell, and that leads to like eventually I think how the story goes it leads to this book Love Wins, which basically halts the world in its tracks because he dared question um, eternal torment, and he asked like four hundred and some odd questions or something like that in the book. But basically those questions. Yeah, he's a universalist. That's what we're going to say. And he doesn't come out and say it. And he doesn't say hell doesn't exist. But you know how it goes. I mean, the minute someone questions this doctrine, just it's like, oh, he's this and that. Ooh, there, that's a perfect time for that. So it, like, it got him in trouble because it's like someone says, you know, mentions Gandhi. And someone writes, well, it's too bad Gandhi's in hell. And Rob Bell's like, really? He's in hell? And you know this? And so... It, I, I wanted to uh, mention Rob Bell, or we wanted to mention Rob Bell, because it kind of ties into our topic today of what does it mean to be a Christian? Um, but before we get to that, uh, Jamal, I don't well, think he's mentioned it before, well, is going to... 
mention yeah. that we have a heretic hotline. Thank you. We haven't mentioned that yet. Thank you. Thank you. Because guys, we have a heretic hotline. And I don't know if you, I don't know if we mentioned that in the last. Yeah. But, but it needs to be mentioned here. We have a heretic hotline. You can call it. You can call it, you know, 24 hours a day. You can leave voice messages, but also not just voice messages. You can text it. You can text a comment, concern, judgment, curse, whatever it is that you want to, you want to text. You can text that to the heretic hotline and we will get it. And man, uh, we're rolling because not only did we have a voice, uh, message from the heretic hotline last and last episode, we actually have a text message from um from a listener who texted something to the heretic hotline do we have that well yeah we have the text what's the number by the way let's give out the number so listeners can it's two four zero three heresy is that the number that is the number or two four zero three four three seven three seven nine that's two four zero three four three seven three seven nine call right now very nice (laughs) operator standing by Lines are open. Operators are standing by. But uh, yeah, let's get, we have, since we have to, we got a text, so we have to read a text. We can't queue up a text. So here's what it is. I think it was, was it Peter Goodgame who sent this? I think it was. And it's a Mark Twain quote. Um, Quote, but who prays for Satan? Who in 18 centuries has had the common humanity to pray for the one sinner that needed it most? End quote. And I think that's a great quote. Who said that? Oh, that's Mark Twain. Freaking Twain. Mark Twain. Now, just just to clarify, Mark Twain did not text that quote to us. That was <laughs> we from sure? a listener who's quoting Mark Twain. No, no, no. Look, it says right there, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. It says it right. Mark there. Twain uh, texted this to us. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> all right, are we gonna Are we gonna respond to that um, at all? That question. I, I think it's a great question. I I, I mean, when I was a, a little kid, I can't remember how old I was, but I used to I used to ponder this thought. And this is, I mean. It was like, why can't Satan be forgiven? Like, it doesn't make sense that, like, even if he, if it's all about forgiveness, and why couldn't he eventually uh, ask for forgiveness? I had these weird thoughts as kids. Normally, kids, I don't think seven, eight, don't have these thoughts. But you know, we're given these crazy doctrines and what things are, and we're terrified. I was anyway. What was the but, response that you got? Like, did somebody say t- give you an answer to that question? No, I would just ask myself. I, I never came up with an answer. I've asked it that just, question. It was like it was like rhetorical. Oh, you have? I have, I have and I got a response. Um, oh. just a dialogue, and the response the response I got was, "Well, angels only get like there was a point in time in history yeah. that angels were given a choice: do they follow God or do they do they not? Mm-hmm. And at some point, when Lucifer decided to lure a third of the angels away after himself, like. That, that, that there was like an open window for angels to have like free choice just for that moment. And then they, whatever they chose, it was locked in. And, and that so is based after on, that. that's based on solid biblical scholarship, my friend. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we all carry around first Enoch in our Bible. Of course. Right? Yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> intro. I, I know I never had the, I never had the guts to ask that question. I just kept that one to myself. But uh, as as our heretic of the week last week would say, uh, he he will eventually, or he or it. Maybe we can have a podcast on what we should. Is. That'd be fun yeah, someday. Is yeah. it a person? Is it a is it a another thing? Uh, is it us? Is it a projection? Yeah, it's, that's a that's a good topic. Write that down. Pencil that in. It's coming up. Pencil that one in for sure. But um, yeah, speaking of topics, our topic today: What does it mean to be a Christian, or what is a Christian? Yeah, totally. And I think, 
I think there's like a lot of baggage, you know, um, that, that the term Christian carries, you know, and it obviously, so, and I, I think one of the reasons, and again, I'm sure we're going to get into, you know, what really, what, what is the essence of this term mean, but today specifically, like the term carries so much baggage because I think people in the world mistakenly believe that Christianity is a religion yep. or that somehow Jesus came to the world to start Christianity, or that Jesus came to the world to begin another religion. And so it has taken on that energy of a religion. And and with a religion, you have a set of beliefs, you have, you have in and out, you have, it's like it becomes a tribe, it becomes a thing. And with that, it means you have to keep people out, you have to you have to, you know, you have to label certain people in and out, that kind of thing. That, 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 of course, that's a whole conversation. But the idea is that Jesus came to start a movement, a subgroup, a subset, whatever it is. And there's just been a lot of, and then once you, once that movement or subset is created, there's a lot of energy to keep the thing going, to keep people out, to keep the right people in, to set up the way it's going to function, who's going to make the decisions. It, it requires any organization requires all those moving pieces and Christianity over the years has developed all those moving pieces. And it's just like a government. It becomes another thing. It becomes a, a thing where there's, you know, there's wars commit, you know, people have been killed in the name of Christianity. They're uh, physically, but not only that, like people's lives have been literally ruined by, um, uh, or, or controlled by, you know, this, this system, this thing. And I think that's why the baggage, there's so much baggage, um, and of course, here in the United States, in the West, um, you know, especially when you when you start looking at like the Bible Belt and the culture that's been created there, the Christian subculture, uh, there's a lot of baggage associated with who we reject, who Christians condemn, who's approved. There's all all this stuff comes with the term Christian. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that like we mentioned in the last podcast, I think that all goes back to um, this this myth that the early church was not divided. Um, and they seem to be divided, and it was divided on this, um, are we going to be religious or not, if we want to s- oversimplify maybe? Um, are we going to have the holiness codes that defines who's in and who's out? Are we going to have kosher meals? Are we going to have Sabbath keeping? Um, are we going to have uh, circumcision? A- and that's what's going to define whether we're a part of the community or whether we got to go sit at the other table, because we're, we're not doing that. And so, yeah, now it's now it's grown, like you said. Um, I think you told the story. I mean, it's 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 now almost synonymous for some Christian circles. You're Republican, or you're, or even you're Democrat, or you're this and that. And it's like, um, is this what the early Christians? Not that they were always on the right path together, but by and large, early Christians had a way of nonviolence. And so now we we've definitely. I mean, to the extreme, we've even had presidents saying God told him to go to Iraq. And um, that's that's the two ends of the spectrum. Um, yeah, and Franklin Graham just praised uh, Trump's recent speech where he basically said, you know, we were uh, America would have to wipe, uh, totally destroy, right? Uh, the speech he gave at the UN where Trump said he would have to totally destroy North Korea, which is a promise of genocide, right, for millions of people. And uh, Franklin Graham praised that speech as a as a great speech. Uh, it's like, wow, man, um, what are you talking about? Like, how how can you be a representative of Christ and say that that was something 
uh, that the leader of a nation would should say and say, yeah, that's that's a great thing. And it's so screwy, man. We've gotten this really screwy idea lately of uh, what it means to be a Christian and, and how we define all that. Which is which is ironic that you know Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's going to die. He, you know, he says, "He, do you not think I can call down legions of angels to basically nuke Rome?" And and, and you know, the day of jubilee is going to be with fire and 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 you know all this <laughs> bloodshed, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome, baby. Um, and and we've got this almost like like this empire mentality attached to Christianity on on the left and the right, but um, like you said, like these prominent Christian voices like Graham who, or Robert Jefferson, people like that, where it's just like, wow, is, is, is this what, like, you really think that Jesus is like, yep, yep, yeah, they, they do. yep, yep, right there with yeah. you. Yeah. I, can I tell a story? Cause this, this, this whole topic Please. reminds me of a story. So, yeah. uh, there was a guy when our house church first started, his name was John. And, uh, he, he, it's his story, so I'm just going to tell you what he told me. So he, he said he was coming back. He was When he was a younger Christian, he was part of a, um, like a men's retreat or something. They were, they were all, he and, it's him and three other guys. So there's four guys, Christian guys in a car driving down the mountain, coming back from this uh, men's retreat. And they're all talking about, you know, how great it was and da, da, da. And then my friend John just kind of, when there's a lull in the conversation, he just kind of speaks up and he says, you know what? I don't think I want to call myself a Christian. And everyone's like, "What? What are you talking about?" You know, and and because um, they think he's basically saying, I, "I don't believe in Jesus anymore." And he says, "No, no, no. He's not that." He says, "He says because here's the thing." He says, "When I read in my Bible what a Christian is, it's someone who's willing to sell everything they own and give it to the poor and share it with the poor, uh, and they're also willing to go to their death, you know, to be burned alive or, or crucified upside down or something like." So when I read the Bible, that's what a Christian is. And he goes, I don't know that that's who I am. I can really honestly say that I'm like that. And he goes, and then the other side of it is that if you tell someone today that you're a Christian, the picture they, they get in their head is some guy on TBN with bad hair telling them to send their money. And if they do, God will make them rich. And he goes, and and, and so I don't want to tell people today I'm a Christian because they're that's what they'll think about. So when I say Christian, I'm thinking these people in Acts— selling everything when when uh, when i say christian people today are hearing you know this sort of health wealth prosperity or like the franklin grahams and robert jeffries and they're saying that's what a, what a christian is and it's like to be honest i don't identify with either one of, i can't honestly say i identify with either one of those groups of people so i don't feel comfortable calling myself a christian and i agree with that statement i think that's a really very profound thing to to recognize that there is baggage, like Jamal said, and it's baggage. Some of it's really good that we can't live up to. Some of it's really bad um, that we shouldn't identify with. Right, right. And I've I've had I've had struggles with holding on to the term Christian for those very reasons. Like um, it just like you guys have emphasized it, it. It is loaded with so much baggage, and it can be sometimes just so tiring to even even try to discern what <laughs> you know weed your way through all the all the mess that comes with calling yourself a quote unquote uh, christian um, here's the thing what if, what if this is just a possibility and throw out there what if there's no such thing as christianity like what if it's actually not real 
Like it's somebody invented this uh, entire thing. Uh, like it is, is that what Jesus came to the earth to produce this thing called Christianity, another religion? No, I would say no, not the way it's become. Not, not what we have today. The thing that we're looking at today that we, all of us, I think the three of us especially are saying we're kind of back in our way and disentangling ourselves from that, whatever that thing is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Jesus is really responsible for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, in the early, I mean, I think the 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 followers of of the way were um, were first called Christians in the in the city of Antioch. I think it's, it's talked about that in the in the book of Acts. But like you know, and these were these were terms given to like they were coming from people who really didn't understand the way of Jesus, and so they looked at this this group of people and they saw them living a life their life a certain way, and they go look at those you know Christians or these imitators, so to speak of. Of Jesus, and of course, that became the term that ended up sticking. But I, I don't. I think it's. I mean, in that case, yeah, it, it's just a. It's just a label. But I think it's become. Um, it's become a definition of a thing that has all the components of a of a subset, a subgroup, a tribe. You know, a thing. You know, and that's where I feel like it, it's become problematic. Oh yeah, I I would totally agree, and I think that goes to. Um, where we've, we've now defined it by having like the correct information. And it's like, well, what are we going to believe about Jesus? What are we going to believe as a Christian? Well, we're going to have the, we're going to have the jots and the tittles all lined up. And this is going to be our, um, how we know we're, we're, we're a Christian. And I think that my, my friend, Mike Machuga in our book, A Journey with Two Mystics, out now on Whippenstock, um, he he brings up this point. What does this mean to believe in Jesus? What does this mean um, to to is it information? Well, that seems like nothing more than just defending what Ernest Becker, uh, anthropologists would call our immortality systems. We're just trying to have the right information. We're going to defend our ego. We're going to um, defend this notion of the self. Um, or does it mean to follow his way and? Or does it mean something else? But just this this idea of Christianity um, does not seem to fit with following a certain way. It's not about rules and regulations and getting all the information right. That's why in the early Christians, they, they wouldn't even become a Christian. They would try it out basically for like three to five years, if I'm not mistaken. They would they would read the Didache yeah. and they would learn what it's like to be... Um, yes what it means to be in this way of life, yeah. this path. And, 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 you know, something about the way, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later. I don't know, but I, I feel like I, I want to interject this at this point. The, the, when, whenever we're the early, the early movement, whatever you want to call it, it was called the way. And basically the way is more of a descriptive than it is a, it's not a label of a, of a, of a tribe, so to speak, even though I can understand how it could, it could get associated with that. But when you talk about the way you're really describing it's kind of like a, it's a movement. It's like a flow. It's a, it's a descriptive term. So if you think about a flow, a flow by its very nature doesn't stay static. It doesn't stay the same. And I think I was having a conversation with a friend actually just today about this. If you look at John the Baptist, okay, so here's this thing. John the Baptist comes on the scene and you, you have this man who like 
he has a mission. He understands there's something going on at that time period. And what was going on was there was, there was needing to be a shift in thinking. I mean, the way his ministry was of calling people to repent, which literally the word repent means to have a, a change of mindset. So he's saying basically, guys, there needs to be a change of mindset because there's coming, we're ushering in this reality of the the kingdom of God, this this new way. And so that was his thing. And so he had this movement of people that would come out to him, hear him proclaim this message. They would have they he would baptize them. But then once once Jesus as the embodiment, so to speak, of the way, who also came with this message of the way, came, John the Baptist recognized, okay, see my movement, my little tribe, basically John the Baptist had a tribe going on. And he's like, yeah, and that needs to decrease now. Because there's another that I think I feel like that's been falsely understood to like self denial kind of thing, which I think it's ridiculous. That's just my personal view on that. I think he's speaking about this way is shifting. So this way, people have been coming out listening to me talk about a need to change your mindset. This whole baptism thing, people are coming to me. Well, that's that's ending. So that's coming to a an end as we move into this other realm in which now Jesus is coming to embody the way to to proclaim this this message of the way. And if it just gets stuck in one place, then you lose the essence of it. So Jesus comes, he proclaims the message of the way, you know, people are starting to be impacted by that. But then, you know, I think shortly after Jesus, you have the apostles come on the scene and instead of by and large continuing the way, I think you can see in history that it gets bogged down again and becomes another tribe it just stops and it's like no this is a this is a new way for humanity this isn't just a club that somebody's starting you know like this is it just that's kind of my essence my my feeling of like it would never meant to be some subset some subgroup that exists in in addition to the the plurality of all these other groups and religions like this wasn't even meant to be that yeah yeah and you know um and it's funny cuz like i can put my finger on the point about like maybe 12, 13 years ago in my Christian life when I just had this major, major paradigm shift that, because up to that point, I did think that being a Christian was about having the right information, and I did think that the gospel uh, was about praying a prayer so I could go to heaven when I die. Um, And then when someone suggested that the gospel wasn't that, and I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, And then suddenly I realized that, you know, that, uh, that the gospel that the way Jesus communicates it, the good news he, he he brings is this good news of the kingdom, that the kingdom is available with it. It's, it. The kingdom is within us. The kingdom is wide open at this very moment that we can enter the kingdom right now by following Jesus, right? By uh, taking our, our cross uh, daily, dying to ourselves, living, abiding in Christ, uh, experiencing the resurrection life of Christ, and um, and that we can live in you know the kingdom now, experience the kingdom life today. Uh, that was a major paradigm shift for me. And Dallas Willard was a pretty instrumental early on in my, in, in that, at that phase of my walk with, with Jesus. And, um, and then suddenly it's like, you know, you, now you go back. And when I went back then and reread scripture, what I started noticing was, because before that I thought it was all about believing, right? That you just believe. You, you just believe in Jesus. And there's all these plenty of verses that say that, right? If anyone would believe in Jesus, uh, he would be saved, right? Or, um, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that if anyone would believe in Him, He would have eternal life. But, but see, I think we've gotten, I think we've 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 defined that word believe to its lowest common denominator, right? So believe just means 
to 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 think it's true, to just agree that it's real. But Jesus didn't mean that at all. Like if you really look at what that word means, that word believe in our Bible that's translated in English, believe, and that in the Greek it's really closer to the, the idea of trust. Like it's taking your chips and going all in with right. Jesus, right? And so that right. so then it becomes it is it does become this whole thing of like I'm I am gonna like Jesus said, I found this treasure in the field, which is the kingdom and and Jesus, and I'm gonna sell everything to get that because that's way more important. And that's the sense of believing in Jesus. I'm all in with him. I've I'm willing to give up everything for him. Well, um Well here here's another thought, okay when it comes to believing in Jesus. Because here's the thing, like, I, I'm not so convinced Jesus' message was that he wanted people to believe in him. Like, I don't think Jesus came to, um, to get followers of himself. Because this is, I feel like there's so much ego in the, in, in the idea, in the Christian message of that Jesus is here and he's like this guru and he wants people to follow him. Like, I, I get that. That's kind of how the, the, the nature of the, Ju- the Judaism that he was involved with, his culture, you know, he's a, he's a teacher, he has disciples. But I think his message went way beyond him. And that's, that sounds like, I know that sounds heretical, but like, I, when I read the teachings of Jesus, I don't see a whole lot about him. I see a lot about a new way. I see a lot about love. He talks a lot about love. He talks about how to see one another, how to treat each other. Um, he talks a lot against, obviously, the us versus them mentality that the religious leaders had of his day. But I don't see him really saying, hey, you really need to believe the correct information about who I am. I, I think he even left it up in the air when he's like, Peter, who do people say that I am? And he's like, yeah, there's a lot of opinions. Some think you're a prophet. Some you think you're this or that. He's like, who do you say that I am? And of course, he affirms that. But it's not like he was like, man, that's the message you need to sell. Like he, his message was really this, this transcendent way. Like it was, it was about enemy love. It was about, it was about uh, understanding, you know, who you are, the fact that you are not an orphan, that you have, that you belong to the family, that you have a, you have a father um, that loves you and accepts you. And um, that, you know, all these different kinds of messages that he was proclaiming really was about a another way to view yourself and the way to view the world around you. and But what I see in Christianity so often is all this ego, this idea that God wants people to believe in Him, that Jesus wants people to accept Him. I, I really don't know. Again, I, I, lo- I love Jesus. I think the idea of Jesus is awesome, and that therefore— I like I'm listening to him. Like I'm taking the words he's written or the words he's spoken because the words themselves, the things that he has proclaimed, like there's a they're connected to a reality that's that just resonates with with my spirit because it, it is real. It is the way. But I don't I don't necessarily know that Jesus is a so was so interested in getting people to sign up for the fan club, you know, uh, or to get people. Like, I don't think he's even that concerned with what even people consider themselves or call themselves. Cause that's, again, that to me is an introduced introduction of ego into the whole situation. And he just asked, he asked people to follow. He just says, follow me. And, and he show and, and as a reading it, you know, through as a mimetic theorist or a Girardian, um, following the teachings of Rene Girard, following and imitating is very, very important. If we're going to avoid, um, conflict and rivalry, um, without getting into all the nuts and bolts of mimetic theory, but this this propensity for human beings to desire what each other desires, and it's it's below the conscious level, creates the creates these us versus them, the scapegoating mechanism where we 
pour out our, we plague, you know, our wrath is, is uh, assuaged when we can all jump in and say, hey, this guy's the bad guy. Um, you know, Peter kind of tries to do that in this, he gets into this rivalry with Jesus when um, Jesus has to call him Satan. And he's like, get behind. I mean, it's like Peter's trying to say, no, follow me, Jesus. And Jesus like, <laughs> I just feel like, it's like, you guys don't get it. Like, follow, you have to follow this way. And if we don't, if we start imitating each other and trying to follow each other and getting into rivalries, um, the reason we can follow Jesus is because Jesus only does the will of the Father. Um, his, yes, he has desires, but he, in John's gospel continually, it's like the desire of Jesus is to do the will of the father and the father is not going to be coercive and engage in rivalry with, with the creation. Um, and it's going to be this, this way for us to, he just asks us to follow. And we, when we follow this non-rivalrous way, um, where we, where we can, we can break through that, um, non-conscious thing that's going on that's driving us to such violence and we can be conscious about following something or someone yeah and he becomes the embodiment of a reality jesus becomes the the standard bearer of this new way so obviously we're going to look to him but I, I think it goes beyond the ego thing of like oh i'm you know i'm on the team jesus thing kind of thing like like that matters right that yeah that's i mean it's funny i um, we always think like, it's so important to be a Christian and you're like, was Jesus ever a Christian or was he always Jewish? I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, oh I, yeah, I guess I really never thought about that. Like Jesus is always Jewish. But was like, he, but was he Jewish? Be, I mean, cause I, I think you could make a case that yeah, he was ethnically and he was raised Jewish, but he, he actually breaks a whole lot of the Jewish traditions and laws uh, uh, and he kind of goes out of his way to defy a lot of those things. So in that sense, I think he even wasn't. Um, in other words, I think he was trying to you get to what you guys are saying. To your point, I think he was trying to defy religion, trying to transcend uh, man-made religion, and to, and, and to show us another way. Right? This he, he modeled for us. Like what I love that whole thing about Gerard's thing about the mimetic. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that we do mimic others' desires. So for Jesus to say, mimic my desires, is that, well, Jesus' desires, as you said, is to, to glorify the Father, but his desire is also not to glorify himself. It's humility. It's to, it's others-focused. Right. It's, I'm going to seek the good of other people. I'm instead of seeking my own honor, and, and see, this is something we, we could talk about maybe in another, another podcast, but just understanding the honor-shame um Thing that was going on in the first century Judaism, especially at that at that time, um, if you understand that that was really a powerful thing at that time, then you can get what Jesus is doing when he says, "Blessed are the poor, and blessed are the you know the the the, the sick. Blessed are those you know who are uh, at the bottom." What he's saying is, "Honored are those people," because they had no honor in a shame honor society. They had no honor, but now he's saying in the kingdom, no, they those people have honor. Uh, and we're actually going to spend our time bringing honor to people who don't have any. And we're even going to expend our, what any honor we were born with, we're going to let go of that and give it to them and share it with them. And so it's a radical, beautiful thing that, to say, you know, mimic that kind of behavior because it's so unlike anything else you're going to experience, you know, whether in Judaism or in the society or the culture or anything else. Well, and he's the, he's the second Adam who doesn't grasp. He's the one who doesn't 
grasp it. He, he, his hands, I mean, he's on the cross. He can't grasp. I think uh, Michael Harden points that out in the video. Um, I just don't know where. But it's this idea that he's the one who doesn't, doesn't try to take for himself. He's, you know, if we want to get, if we want to get all Eastern, you know, he like kills the ego. There's this no, there's no, in, for him, there's no difference between him and the father. They're one. And he's just this conduit for the, for the spirit to flow through. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's renouncing that ego. I, um, or the the impulse to do evil, the Yetzer Hurrah in in Judaism, this evil impulse, like the demon and and the angel on the shoulder, you know, he's able to to kill that part, um, and 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 tempted by it, of course. I think the temptations of Jesus are real, as as a, a true human, but able to 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 kill that and to keep his eyes focused on the Father. Yeah, you know, and I I think a lot of times when you know in John fourteen six you know, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And I think a lot of times um, the way that people read into that text is very, it's very, um, and I feel like it's a uh, very revealing. So a lot of times people will read into that either tribalism, like, Oh, you know, this is a small thing. Like, you know, this is a small idea. Like Jesus, he's saying, unless you believe certain things about who Jesus is, then, you know, then you are not a part of this thing, you know? And, but when he's saying he's the way I'm convinced now more than ever personally, that he's not even talking about himself. I think when he says, I am the way he's not talking about the ego, Jesus, the 2000 years ago, Jewish man walked the earth. He's saying he is so about, because I don't, I don't think it's about ideas or beliefs. I think it's about a transcendent reality. That's so much broader than just the ego man, Jesus. And when I say ego, I don't necessarily mean bad. I mean, just the personality of Jesus. Right. There is there is a transcendent way that he his life does point to because he embodied it. But I've seen it, honestly, in my travels, when I travel in other cultures, which people, they do not name the name of Jesus. They have not, um, that's just not their culture. Like I remember giving a story that comes to mind as I was traveling late last year, I was in Morocco and um, myself and a couple of friends that was with me, we went to this market and I just remember this one man, he was like this, uh, this merchant, he was, you know, had a shop and he was selling things. And like this guy caught all of our attention somehow. And he really, he was different. Like he, he wasn't trying to sell us anything, but he was so engaging. And so we would like spend time talking with him. And honestly, in the conversation with this, like this guy would start speaking into our lives and he was so loving. He would like speak things. He would actually ask us questions. And we were like, how does he know this about us? Like it was, re- it was weird even. Like he was very in tune with what was going on in each one of our lives in a very personal way. Almost like I was like, man, is this guy, <laughs> is this guy an angel or something? I don't even know. It was so strange. But the things he started sharing with us were the teachings of Jesus. Literally, they come right out of the gospels about how to love people. And, and, and you know, just there's many different things I could get into, but it was literally stuff that Jesus talked about in the gospels. And I was, I came away from that experience. Now he claimed to be a Muslim. He was like, I'm a Muslim and you know, his culture and all that. But like he, it, so to me is like, well, was he, <laughs> what was he, you know, was he, was he less, was he less than, is he like not a part of the way, even though his life, the things he stood for, the way he lived, it was like, absolutely. This guy is following the way of Jesus to a T. And if you read, you know, like to me, it was like, okay, if I'm looking at this guy through a little label of Christian, he's obviously out of the club. <laughs> 
But if I'm looking at it from an understanding of the way that Jesus came to reveal to us, this guy gets it for sure. Right, and that's and that reminds me of uh, in Matthew seven when we um, when we get to the uh, the narrow gate, you know, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. I think we just totally make that about like again this this narrow way of having the right information about Jesus, but no, it's about these two paths. It's this path of um, it's this path of like the the myth of redemptive violence, but it only leads to destruction. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna have a Messiah, for for example, that comes with fire and vengeance, it only leads to more violence, um, and that's that's the uh, the the wide gate. Um, but the the narrow gate, the narrow path, this this way of Jesus, this way of living nonviolently. Of, of loving your enemies, of blessing those who persecute you. Um, that's the, uh, that's the, the narrow gate. And which brings us back to, to Gandhi when we were talking about, you know, introducing Rob Bell as the heretic of the week. Um, Gandhi read the Sermon on the Mount, I believe, daily or twice a day. Yeah, at least once and a day. The point, the, the point being is like I don't sit down and read that all the time. I don't and actually live it out and actually take it literally. You know, we always want to we always want to say we need we need to pack the literal truths of the Bible. And it's like, well, how about we take the Sermon on the Mount literally? That'd be great. I mean, our oh no no, we want to nuance that. And then all of a sudden, you know, so it's like, and then we want to say, well. Uh, Gandhi didn't have the creeds. He wouldn't affirm the Nicene Creed or the Apostles' Creed. I almost said Apollo Creed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, damn it, Jamal. You know, but uh, <laughs> but it's like, if I'm looking at my own life and I say, am I living out the Sermon on the Mount every day? Well, I do think about it a lot, but I just sometimes uh, cannot get this this damn body to do it. <laughs> you know, it's like someone flips me off. Maybe I want to smack him across the face. And it's like, it's like, Oh, the damn, that Yetzer hurrah is not, is not off my shoulder yet. Um, but it's like, if we look at someone like Gandhi and we're like, well, shit, he, I, you know, he looks, <laughs> he looks like a Christian to me, even though he doesn't get the right quote unquote information, the, the quote unquote right information about, uh, about Jesus. But he certainly, certainly seemed to understand the capital W yeah. way. I mean, look at the the, the Muslim Su- Sufis. I mean, if you, if you get into the Sufis, yeah. get into um, a lot of these guys, you know, they totally tapped into it. This is it's it's more than even like like if when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you read about the or these things that Jesus taught. To me, that he's like touching on the nature of the flow. He's touching on the nature of this transcendent way that people that people can can realize and understand and learn that is the Christ. That is the Christ reality that I think Jesus embodied. And so I think it's what he's referring to as opposed to just informational rules about how to live or even about information and rules about who he is. It's he's always pointing to this transcendent way that I think lots of people get from many different uh, areas of, you know, many different faiths for sure. Yeah. And I, I just want to jump in cause I, I know we, Something you said earlier uh, at the week, a while back, Jamal, um, and this is probably one of those places where we we are not 
on the same exact page, but like, and I hear what you're saying, and I do agree with where where we've been going with it, as far as like saying that Jesus um, is wanting to point us towards um, his actions, like looking at the looking at who he is and what he did, and the kind of his character and his you know the his heart uh, and that kind of thing. And this is what he's calling us to emulate when he says, "Follow me." But I do think you can, I mean, to me, again, this is just where I'm coming from. I do think that Jesus is calling us to follow him in that same way. He's saying, you know, look at me. And he even sometimes even flat out says that in the Gospels, you know, uh, look at me. You know, I'm, I'm humble of heart. My, you know, uh, imbi- you know, do what I'm doing. Follow my example. Um, he does say, quite often say to the Pharisees, you know, um, you know, why don't you believe in me? Or again, believe that I'm, I'm the Messiah, um, if nothing else for the miracles I've been doing. You know, I, I, so I see a lot, and he, he actually puts a whole lot, I think, especially uh, in the Gospel of John, he puts a whole lot of emphasis on himself, like even to the point of saying, if you don't eat my uh, flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you, and, and all, you know, on and on like that. I, we don't have time to go into all of it, but I, I think Jesus actually does make it about himself quite a bit, and, and does say... Um, yeah, he'll, and, he, and I think what he's doing, though, is he's holding himself up as this alternative way and alternative path. He's saying he's contrasting, in other words, himself and his pattern and his direction with what the Pharisees are, are pointing to, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but I think it is about that. I think it is about saying, okay, I'm going to turn away from my own nature, which is to be more self-focused, and I want to be more like Christ, which is by—and uh, again, what does it mean to be— to say we abide in Christ. Like to me, again, maybe it's not the same for you guys. For me, abiding in Christ means being near him, uh, not just like I'm in the fan club of Jesus, but, um, you know, really, know, what does it mean to know him? And maybe this is another podcast, but can we really know him uh, in, in, a, in a sense that's deeper and more spiritual and experiential than simply knowing information? Yeah. I, I think. For me, just what I keep coming back to is Jesus being the model in some ways of a of a human being who fully is living in his awareness of, of his identity. And so like he's here's Jesus and he's like saying, yeah, look at me, guys. Look, follow me um, here. Like I am this way. But once we start to realize who we are, like if we see ourselves like Jesus, you know, there's just I remember, you know, there's a scripture, John, um, the apostle John says, as he is in the world, so are we. So if we really take that, I've, this is just where I'm coming from. It's like, if we really, really, truly embrace that, then instead of like pointing back to Jesus, which you know what? Like I, I, I learned from Jesus. He's, he's amazing, but, but we can actually live this way too. So like, who is Jesus the way or are you the way? I think, I think my personal view is I can tell people I'm the way. I know that sounds crazy, but I can, I feel like I can say, Hey, as, as, as much as I've learned to, to really tap into this flow and walk this way, I can tell people, I don't think, I don't think we're any different than Jesus in that sense. Like we, we, we can say, as he is in the world, so are we. If he's the way, so are we. And I think even you hear Paul doing that a little bit when he says, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. But he's like, right. we're right. not separate from this Christ. You know, so yeah, people may not have like, so for when I was in Morocco, you know, these people haven't heard of Jesus, but that guy who's in that market, 
that's Jesus. Like, that's the way embodied right there. And he doesn't even know the name. Yeah, he doesn't even know the name, yeah, but he, he doesn't even have to know so the name. Really, what's more important is like, hey, that guy could say, hey, follow me. My Here's my way. Here's the way I've come to understand. And so that really, to me, takes it even beyond looking backwards at the person of Jesus, which I know sounds crazy, but we are all the manifestation of Christ. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, that's John's prologue right off the bat. It's, a, it's like... Um... The creation story is being rewritten by the logos the, uh, the, of God being the light of all people, like this, the spark of the divine um, that, we, that we all take part in and we are all, um, you know, like, like in quantum physics, it's all entangled in this. And the thing that structures everything is the Christ, you know, it's this... Um, it's this thing that even darkness can't overcome, and that's you know this be- this beautiful you know re- if if the logos of God or the logos in in, in Greek um, you know we translate to the word, but it's like in Greek philosophy this the thing that structured the world according to Heraclitus was violence, and in 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 Jewish studies you know in Judaism it's, um, it's perhaps Torah or wisdom or word, but it's now it's Christ. You know, we understand that it's this Christ that is the light of all people and including you and me. And of course, including Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. who, sure. who's our, who's our model for, totally. for what it means to be um, a human being in his cultural context and how to live amongst his people living only, um, for others. And, and as, uh, just only doing the will of God through the Spirit, and it's just this... Yeah, it's like Jesus is oh, the man, firstborn among many others, so he's not the only one, you know, which I know, but, that, but that's, I mean, I mean, even, I'm glad the scriptures testify to that. Like, he's just one among many, but I think equally we can say Jesus the Christ, Matt the Christ, Keith the Christ, Jamal the Christ, you know, all these... <laughs> Wait, Christ wasn't his last name? No, no, no. No, the, no, that wasn't his last name. No, it wasn't, actually. Joseph and Mary Christ. Christ. <laughs> Mr. Christ, Christ. Uh, table for two. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, but I will say, um, here, here's what I love about you guys, I, I, especially you, Jamal. Um, I, I, it's so funny because I think we, um, I think w- when we get a little farther down the road, you and I actually do agree on more than we, we disagree, but it's just, it's the way you express it in the beginning at first that makes me go, what the hell is he talking about? But then once you, once you unpack it, then I'm like, okay, well, now, okay, I agree with I agree with where we go, where you're going with it. Because, like, I, I did a study uh, a while back, right? I looked at this whole idea of Jesus saying, you know, that Jesus being the Son of God. And then I started noticing all through uh, the Gospels and, and the, the, the epistles of Paul and stuff about, and John, and how they go on and they make a big deal about us being the children of God, right? Like, like first John, right? Um, I love that verse. Like, uh, what great, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. And Paul goes on and on about how, you know, anyone who is in Christ is an heir, is a child of Abraham and an heir according to the promise. And then, and what he means by that, and it's very similar to what John is saying, is that we are now the children of God. We're in the family of God. We're adopted into so now our identity has been reshaped so that now now we could honestly say that Jesus is the son of God and so am I <gasps> 
And that sounds heretical, but it's a, it's exactly in tune and aligned with exactly what they're talking about in the New Testament. Jesus, because of Jesus, because of what he did, right, he was the Son of God, and now because of because now we are in him and abiding in him, we are also the children of God. So I can say I'm a son of God, and and she's a daughter of God, and, you know, Jamal and Matt, we're your sons of God. And And I know for some people that freaks them out, right? But but it's but it is the truth. Yeah, and as beings created in the image and likeness of God, you know, I think, and especially when we're, I, I feel like I can say, hey, if you've seen me, you know what God looks like. Right. You know what it looks. You know, seriously, like I'm the image, I am the likeness, the manifestation of God, yeah. and we all are. We all should be able. But I think to say it, that. Jesus. Yeah. We should be able to say, yes, just like Jesus, Jesus said, is, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and that that because why is that a stretch? If we're saying, if Jesus says, right, if uh, if you're in me and I, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear this fruit. What he's saying is we'll become, we'll become transformed. We are in the process of being transformed into the image of Christ. And guess what? So now if I'm transformed in the image of Christ, well, then if you look at me, you better be able to see the Father. Because if, you, if you're not, then I'm not being transformed. And that's not, that process isn't taking place. Yeah. And I think Jesus said, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father. And my father is in me and I am in you. You know, we are, it's all this one, oneness, you know, that thing, it's just beautiful. Well, and, and it's, and it's, uh, we will know on that day when, when he would rather go to the cross than, um, than use violence against his enemies. Like what a complete subversion of how we've been doing this whole business of like, theology of glory like everything's god is god is something to the nth degree to the nth degree but really god is with the suffering with the persecuted with the scapegoated and is non-violent and is non-sacrificial in and and what i mean by that in that he completely flips the traditional um, understanding of sacrifice on its head and and we're the ones who need blood and we're the ones who need to um, to do this business of putting people on crosses or altars or what have you um, yeah. and I just think it's a it's a it's a, a beautiful way to talk about um, what what at least for me what I see when I when I when I look at Jesus is what I see and what the father's like, it's just a beautiful image to, to look at um, what our Christology is might dis, di, we might differ, but just looking at that, that figure who that's what God's like. And maybe the discussion of uh, maybe the discussion is endless and we never come to a consensus because maybe it's just too damn big and mysterious. Yeah, What's wrong with that? I think, I think it, we should expect it to be, uh, never ending and mysterious, and it goes on and on because he does, right? It it shouldn't be something we could. The whole thing, right? In Ephesians, like that, Paul says we he prays that we we would have power to know uh, this love of Christ that transcends knowledge. How high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ? Like, like it is endless. It's this ocean in every possible direction that we're going to need an eternity to explore, and because it will, we can never come to the end of it, right? It's just so amazing. Totally, totally. And, you know, I guess I'll add this, um, you know, specifically because I do resist the term Christian um, because of the baggage of it. But if you really stop and take a look at it and you go, okay, the the term Christian, it was first given by, 
you know, people who are more adversarial uh, towards the people of the way. And they say, look at those Christians, those imitators of Christ. So if the term really means for me personally, if the term means imitator of, 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 of Jesus, that's a big freaking deal because not because it's something I need to measure up to. I don't think I need to measure. I don't think any of us need to measure up, up to Jesus as if like we got to meet some standard, but I think it's about understanding identity and reality and go, wait a minute. Jesus is somebody who understood his identity. He understood where he came from. He understood, you know, his, his nature as even transcend. Like when he says before Abraham was born, I am like, like, like he's basically saying, Hey, listen, you know, I come from the source. And I think we all can say that. I think we all come. We, we are not, we are, we are spiritual beings having a ex- human experience. So uh, we were not going to be defined by this temporal body, this temporal existence here. So to be able to say, I am a little Christ, just like Jesus is a little Christ, and I am a little Christ, and you are a little Christ, and we're all together, these little manifestations of Christ, and together that is the Christ. I can get on board with that. Yeah. So in the last few minutes we have here, uh, I want to just kind of go back to the topic here, wrap us up a little bit because we're running out of time here. Uh, if we if we all agree that the term Christian has so much baggage and it's not a good, accurate term then what do we call ourselves? What should we call ourselves if we're not going to call ourselves Christians? I like follower of the way. It's a little, it's a little wordy, but I, I, I'm actually more me myself personally, just more leaning towards identification with humanity. So you're a humanist. I feel like, like I'm the child of mankind, like the son of man. Like Jesus would say, I'm the son of mankind. I think it's his way of identifying with just humanity. And I, I think we, I think personally, and that's my, I'm really love identifying with just humanity. Wow. What about you, Keith? Um, I'm. Cl- Are you going to call yourself Christian? Uh, yeah, because you know what I I told you that story at the beginning about my friend and and that his story really convinced me and so I've tried I I don't tell people so if someone says Are you a Christian I just say you know I, I'm someone who is fascinated with the person of Jesus and I'm just trying to know uh, more about him and um, and and follow him right and live live the way he wanted us to live so again that's really wordy but I just try to say I'm not a. I, I, I'm not a Christian, but I'm someone who's fascinated with the person of Jesus, and I'm wanting and trying to put his teachings into practice. I like that. I mean, it requires a little explanation, but the, it, uh, so, would, so would the term Christian. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to make that explanation yeah. anyway. Yeah. So what about the next— right. What about the next episode? Yeah, what are we talking about? Uh, I, think, I think we've actually almost— teased it out a little bit here in this conversation, because uh, we talked a little bit about Gandhi and Sufism and things like that. But uh, next next podcast, the topic is going to be how other religions line up with the way of Jesus or um, discovering sort of Christianity or Christ teachings in other religions. So basically, we're going to look at other religions and some overlap to uh, to the teachings of Jesus. Yeah, like possibly there, there are other other movements outside of Christianity that represent Jesus maybe even better. Or at least equal. Yeah, sadly. Right. <laughs> at least equal. Yeah, for sure. You guys right. are heretics, I man. Like you that. guys are heretics. They're gonna we're we're done, man. How many episodes do you think we can make it until they burn this thing down? <laughs> burn it to the ground. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be like, you know, in Beauty and the Beast when Gaston's got the mob and they're gonna be torching us, man. Hey, by the way, by the way, guys, um, I don't think we've mentioned this, but there is a hotline that we have. Oh, good. Look, look, seriously, I think some of the things that we touched on in this, in this episode, um, they stir some thoughts, they probably disagreements, probably right. questions or whatever. Just please uh, make you, use of that hotline. What is the number of that hotline again? What is that? 
2403heresy or 2403437379. Yes, and don't forget to go to iTunes and rate it. Like rate it whatever you feel it should be rated, leave a comment. That really makes a huge subscribe. difference. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Subscribe. Yep. All right, guys. Take care. All right, here comes the banjo. Let's go, Buckeyes.